Welcome to the Unbound Podcast with Liam Gray. Whether you are an insurtech enthusiast, traditional insurer, or just looking to understand how innovation will affect the insurance market, the Unbound Podcast is for you. From insurtech founders to leaders within some of the world's most forward-thinking insurers, each episode looks at the technologies and business models that are changing the future of insurance. Today I'm speaking with Paul Taffinder, Director of Strategy and Innovation at Emma Samlin. During our discussion, Paul sheds light on the marine blockchain project that they are working on alongside Maersk, Excel Catlin, EY, Willis Towers Watson and Guardtime. He shares why this is an important project for the Amlin team, how it fits into the company's overall strategy and how it can impact the industry as a whole. Hi Paul and welcome to the show. Hi, great to be here Liam, looking forward to this. And me, and me. I mean. We're going to talk about all of the incredible work that Amlin's doing, but before we go into all of that, I always do this and it's great to get a bit of your background and a bit about what your role with Amlin is. So my role at the moment is uh, Strategy and Innovation Director. Uh, Background is uh, an odd one because um, I'm a psychologist by training um, and uh, at the same time also um, a strategist, strategist. So I sort of bring these two worlds together in what I think is innovation and um, execution, implementation of of strategy. Um, And so my background has been that that I used to be a partner at Accenture and I was at um, another couple of of firms before that. And then I set up my own business about 15 years ago, which I ran for 10 years. And one of my clients was Amlin, the chief executive and I started talking and one thing led to another and I joined Amlin about three years ago. So my role here is to uh, look at our strategy and in particular to look at innovation and how we can move that forward. And I also have the, the chairman role of the digital working group for MSI International. Okay. And how does that psychology background come into play when you're looking at the strategy of Amlin, for example? Well, psychology is about people, self-evidently, and therefore it's about everything that people do in organizations and uh, I've always tended to think of psychology as being applicable to all sorts of different things. I think in particular to trying to have uh, a rational view about the options you have for strategy, where and how you want to compete, but also to make sure that, that you understand how people think about strategy from a psychological point of view because Quite often, people can have prejudices about which way they want um, a firm to go, which have nothing to do with reality, and one has to overcome that. Understanding psychology helps you to do that. Absolutely. And one area of um, the Amlin team that I really want to talk about today is the Amlin Edge team. Yeah. There was a lot of news in the market about how your team was working on a blockchain initiative with a number of other parties, and it would be really interesting to really have a high-level view of what that was all about. So at a very high level, what was that project? Well, it's interesting. The Edge team is a virtual team that we formed a couple of years ago, and, and it was really in response to uh, my view, and Charles Phillips, who was the chief executive at the time, is he's now uh, retired. But our view was that new technology is um, becoming ever-present. Um, it is incredibly powerful. Um, it is being used in all sorts of different walks of life to automate things, to create autonomous vehicles, to you know, add to our computing power at a very personal level as well as a corporate level. Uh, and the insurance sector, actually, frankly, is prehistoric. And so it really does need to change. And in particular, our thought was we'd heard about this thing called blockchain, which nobody really understood at the time, going back two and a half, three years ago. 
And we thought blockchain, as far as we can understand it, it's the sort of technology that brings together different forms of tech and applications and capabilities, which is particularly applicable to movable assets. And so shipping, aviation, cargo, those kinds of things are really, really relevant to this because it would help to make a complex world much, much simpler. Uh, so my thought on blockchain is that it will help the insurance market to be faster, better and cheaper. Okay. And what does the project that Amlin's working on look like? I know that you're focusing on the marine sector, for example. Yeah. Um, I'm familiar with the project, but some of the listeners may not be. Yeah. So what exactly is that project doing? So what we, we set out to do with um, our consortium members, or the, the, the group of people who got together under the uh, auspices of, of EY, the, the consultancy firm. So together with, with Mask, who are the, the shipping company, um, ourselves, MS Amlin, uh, Willis, Taz Watson, and then Excel Catlin, uh, and a, a, one of the... Um, tech providers called GuardTime. We've got together to create um, the use of um, blockchain applied to um, the marine um, insurance hull market initially. We hope we'll move on to cargo, maybe other things in, in due course. And the idea is to take that very complex world and to make it simpler. So to give you a few statistics, um, if you just take Maersk, they have something like 1,200 ships and they are managed by them and some third-party vessels. And there are something like fifty to 100,000 cargo clients moving goods around through those ships. That's just for Maersk, and there are lots of other shipping companies. And so you get a lot of data and risk information for all of that moving around the world. And it is very complex. And what we want to do is try to simplify that so that it's done in a much better way. So we have real-time information on... Um, that market and how um, marine uh, shipping moves around the world and we can understand much better the kinds of actual risks that um, carriers are, are bearing uh, in terms of risk. Okay and with respect to those data sources how, how do you actually make sure that everybody can tap into these data sources? Well the way blockchain works is that it's a distributed ledger and so a lot of the data sources are about risk, they're about claims, they're about initially, at least ultimately they will be about claims, we haven't quite got there yet. Um, they're about um, the insurance policies themselves, they're about um, the identity of the ships and the owners. So all of that information has to be collected in the normal course of actually doing any sort of insurance of, of uh, marine hull or cargo. Um, but it's often a very clunky, difficult, as I called it early, prehistoric way of operating. It's done through paper, and paper and email has to travel all over the world. The manifest for, for, for cargo, um, all the information about, about the, the ships, all has to be you know, pushed around the world through, through bits of paper or through emails. And what a distributed ledger technology or blockchain can do is to actually parcel that up into real-time information that you can actually see through uh, your computer, available 24-7, you can understand exactly what the risks are, you can ex understand exactly what your portfolio of, of risks are, you can understand um, what you're insuring, and you can understand whether that needs to change. So for example, um, marine shipping is about a $30 billion market, there's about $15 billion in cargo, about $8 billion in hull, and there's a, there's, um, all sorts of changes that happen, um, sanctions checks, um, changes of, of flag, um, 
all sorts of declarations, something like 40,000 declarations happen um, on 100,000 invoices per annum. That's just for Maersk. So you can imagine what that looks like for the rest of the, of the shipping world. And so it's a very protracted process, which um, what blockchain will help to do is to make that much more automated. So you have auto payments, auto settlement, hopefully, ultimately, a much faster claims process as well. And so if you like, it's a bit like if you think about the old days, which some of your listeners and you yourself really may not remember, but if you wanted to get in contact with somebody, you used to have to go to a fixed line phone, dial somebody's number, and they may or may not be in. These days, you pick up your mobile phone, and you can check where they are through WhatsApp or some other app, and you know instantly whether you'll be able to talk to them. And if you can't do that, you just send them a WhatsApp and you communicate all through Facebook. Whatever. What we're trying to do with ship the shipping world and insurance is actually bring that world into the 21st century of new technology so you can see what's happening instantly and do it in a much more technologically savvy way. Which makes a lot of sense. And the vision's clear, the benefits are clear. My question is, how difficult was it to actually make this happen? A really good question, because when you're in innovation, i.e. you're part of trying to innovate, um, you always want it to move faster than it does. Um, so it's taken us about 18 months, I guess, to move to this, this point where it's just starting to go live. Um, we won't get a lot of benefit out of it initially at MSM then. But we believe in the concept and we believe that the platform will be applicable to all sorts of other um, industries and sectors and applications eventually. But to get it over the line, I think the issue was, first of all, to explain to people what the hell blockchain was. Because uh, most people don't understand it. They think it's something to do with Bitcoin. But you know, Bitcoin is only really a cyber currency which is based on the blockchain technology. And blockchain is simply blocks of chains of information. What happens is that that information is unique and it can be easily verified by all parties involved and it's easy to track so you have an, an audit trail of what is happening. Um, so the difficulties of, of moving to this stage were could you get the tech to work and what we found was we could actually um, it wasn't terribly difficult but there's still work to be done and there's been a big project team from EY that's been working on that we also contributed. I think the biggest challenge actually Liam, was, was the human challenge of getting underwriters to see that this is the way that insurance would be transacted in the future. Because people are fixed in their own way of doing things and they expect that that's the way it's going to be in the future. And it's, although intellectually they get it, you know, at a gut level it's hard to commit to this if you can't see the benefit now. And so I expect we won't see the benefit quite yet, but we're going to see the benefits faster than people think, probably over the next two to three years. Absolutely. And so that piece around understanding is key, well, understanding of technology and what the benefits are, and also that cultural shift, which is always the most difficult part. And it's, almost, it's, always, it's also a technical shift, isn't it? Because you're going from underwriting based on information that has been gathered from the past to real-time underwriting based on what's happening right now. Yeah. And do you feel like real-time underwriting will be the future? I think it will do. I think it'll take take a while to get there because what's going to happen is you're going to get parallel processing of the same kinds of, of risks. You're going to have to have the old way of doing it because organizations are set up for that. And then you'll have the new way of doing it, which is through blockchain or other, other uh, methodologies. 
But the idea of a smart contract, which is you know, at the heart of, of what blockchain does, is that it is automated, it is um, real-time information, and therefore it can be auto-executed in all sorts of different ways. So I think that will be the future. Um, I guess one of the challenges, you mentioned the cultural challenge, is when we set out on, on the EDGE initiative, which was to innovate in MS Amlin, um, I set out our approach to that under three headings. One was tactical innovation, then radical innovation, and then exploratory innovation. And tactical innovation is all about changing what we do now so that we can improve it. But it doesn't actually change the business model. It doesn't actually change how you do underwriting. It just improves it, makes it more efficient. Radical innovation, which is what blockchain is, is actually changing the business model. It's actually changing the economics of it, and it's changing the way it's transacted. So it is much faster. We hope it will be cheaper, although there is a first mover advantage in this. Those who are, get involved in this early on have, have the biggest advantage. And then the final area, exploratory innovation, is, is the other one, which is hard to do, but you actually just have to try new technologies, see what they can do, some will work and some won't. You're making a bet, in effect. Okay. And with respect to this project in particular, what does success look like in the future? I mean, this is almost a test run. Hopefully, it does prove this concept and we can scale it out to other areas of insurance, for example. Mm -hmm. But for this test, what is success? I think initially, there are probably a, a number of answers to that question. Initially, it is... Does the technology work and can we use it to put live risks through? And I think the answer to that will be yes, it does work and we can put live, live risks through. But it's still a test, as you rightly say. I think secondly, it's can we get other market participants to uh, want to get involved? And once they get involved, uh, can they get um, or can they perceive the benefit they'll get from it um, in due course? And it will take a bit of time for that to come through. I think the answer to that is probably yes. Um, I think final, the final answer is what you've already alluded to, which is that this kind of technology starts to be used for insurance more broadly and probably for other kinds of transactions. And you can imagine a world where if you have a secure understanding of people's identity, you have an automated way of paying for things, you have an automated uh, real-time way of viewing your transactions, that is applicable to all sorts of um, different things like banking, certainly insurance, or maybe even um, normal transactions that, that you and I, I make in a sort of personal sense. Okay. And I, I may be jumping the gun here, but after Marine um, Hull, hmm. where would you want to go next? What's the next logical step? Well, it's speculating here, obviously, but I think, as I said at the outset, if this is about uh, movable assets primarily, then it's probably aviation. I would have thought that would be a good place to go. Um, but we've got a long way to go yet. We need to test it out you know, on, on the whole market, maybe cargo next, and then possibly aviation. Um, and we'll see how fast that moves, depending on the success we get with uh, this, this current um, application. Okay. And putting blockchain to the side for a moment, yeah. what other technologies and what other business models excite the MS Hamlin team? Good question. Um, the application of data analytics to our market. Uh, we have a huge amount of information in our business, as most insurers do, but often it's held in, in things called um, paper files, um, or in emails, or in uh, you know data which is sitting in some warehouse somewhere. 
And the, the problem with that is it needs to be put into a form which is amenable to digitization and therefore um, easy data analytics. So we're doing a lot of work on data analytics to see if we can improve um, our understanding of pricing, understanding of risk selection. That's a big area. I think we're starting to look at, um, have done over the last couple of years, how we can use AI to actually do a clever machine learning so that we can move faster with what we're doing. We've done a lot of work in building our own robotic process automation team. So we have a, a small team here, which, which, which I thought we needed to do rather than relying on consultants to help us with, with robotic process automation. And robotic process automation or RPA is, is really helpful because it, it, it enables you to take processes and instead of having human beings working on boring tasks of moving one set of data from this set of fields to another set of fields, you can actually have a machine do that automatically. And a lot of insurance is geared towards that kind of process. So we may as well have robots doing it 24-7, 50 times faster than, than a human could do it. And we can therefore free up people to do important work like dealing with clients, making decisions, thinking about insight. Then I think the other big area that's very important for me is I think with new technology and an understanding of data analytics and AI and the Internet of Things, the use of sensors, in all sorts of machines, movement of, of cargo, movement of goods. We're getting to a point where you can use that data to actually inform clients of the kind of risks they face. So instead of doing the normal insurance transaction of risk transfer, so we take on their risk, if you can generate clever risk insight, you can actually help people to prevent that risk or even to lower the cost of insurance. Now that would be, I think, a game changer. So I'm very interested in pursuing that. I couldn't agree more. Um, that movement from risk transfer to risk prevention is going to be key in the future, and that's what technology yeah. can really technology can really help us do. Yeah. Um, finally, um, if people want to get in contact with you hmm. and find out a little bit more about what you guys are doing, or just get in contact to have a chat, hmm. um, how do they get in contact with you? Well, they can. Um, get me at my, my email address that's probably the easiest thing uh, i'm happy to uh, talk to people as long as it's not um, um uh, competitive um so i'm i'm paul.tappender at uh, msamlin.com excellent it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today paul i've been great Liam. thank you thanks for listening this is a great example of how large corporations can come together to create some truly innovative solutions as Paul mentioned, the Marine Blockchain project may take some time to really provide a huge benefit, but it's clear that this is where the industry is and needs to go. I, for one, will be looking at what Amlin will be doing going forward with respect to radical, tactical and exploratory innovation. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and leave comments. We really want to reach as many people as possible with what's happening in the insurance industry, and there are no greater advocates than you, our listeners.